ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا اما بعد Once again, I welcome all of you. We continue our classes about Hajj from the book Tafsir al Nasik bi Ahkami al Manasik of our beloved Sheikh Abdul Muhsin bin Hamad al Abbad al Badr. Hafizahullah Ta'ala. This is the class number eight. Uh, we start uh, in the previous class when I was reading to you that the Sheikh. Allah was talking about the, the Mawaqid, the Miqat, those places that the Prophet assigned for the people uh, who are coming to perform Hajj and Umrah. So therefore anyone who have the intention to make Hajj or Umrah, once they reach this, any of these places, doesn't matter what direction they're coming from, then those people have to engage in a state of Ihram. Meaning they say Labbaik Allahumma Umrah or Labbaik Allahumma Hajj and the like. He has five places around the Mecca. Not when we say around Mecca, doesn't mean just right by Mecca. Meaning they cover all directions. The people that are coming from the west, there is a point. In front of them, the people come from the north, people from the east, from south, and the like. Now, the Sheikh he mentioned a point. If a person, for example, <coughs> they wants to make Hajj, like, and the Sheikh he gave the example of the people of Yemen. The Miqat of Ahlul Yemen is Yalamlam. It's called Yalamlam. Any person who is coming from Yemen or from the directions of Yemen wanting to make Hajj or Umrah, once they reach this place called Yalamlam, they have to engage in a state of Ihram by saying that which they want to do, Labbaika Allahumma Umrah or Labbaika Hajj and the like. However, these people they can pass the Miqat without even doing that if, for example, they want to go to Medina first. If they go into Medina, even passing the, the, the Miqat, it's okay. Why? Because once they spend that time that they choose to spend in Medina, and then when they leave Medina going to Mecca, then they, they're going to engage in a state of Ihram of the Miqat of the people of Medina, Dhul Hulayfa. The same thing, uh, remember the people of the West, America, Canada, Europe, people from Egypt, people from the northern part of Africa, like Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, and Libya, and the, and the like. These people, <coughs> when they go to make Umrah or Hajj, their miqat is Al-Juhfa. Al-Juhfa. But see the problem, if they are driving, it's okay. Once they, re- once they, once they get, they stop or not, they say, Allahumma amra, and they keep going. 
But if they are traveling by plane, that's where the problem, that's where they have to pay attention. Which means, because the plane is not going to land in Juhfa. It's going to go to Jeddah, and Jeddah is after the Miqat. So these people, they have to pay attention, they have to be ready, whether at their homes or at the plane itself, especially for men to come out of their regular clothing and to put on the two pieces of cloth, the clothing of Ihram. And once the plane, and usually if you travel with a, a Muslim carrier, like Saudi Airlines, Jordanian, Egypt, Egypt Air and the like, they will tell you whether the captain himself make that announcement or one of those uh, flight attendants will make announcement. They will say, in 45 minutes from now, for example, or half an hour from now, for those people who are making Umrah, and if it's time for Hajj, they say, for those people who are making Hajj, and which to engage in a state of Ihram, look, the plane is going to pass the Ihram, not stop at the, ihram, at the, at the Miqat. The plane is going to be right on top of the Miqat in 45 minutes. So they go and prepare themselves. But like we say, you got to keep, once they say that, Sheikh Muratimi said, look at your clock. At 45 minutes, they say, they may forget to tell you now, they usually do it. They usually do that. But sometimes they may forget. So you need to know the time, inshallah ta'ala. But now here is a person going to make Hajj, but they are not going to Mecca first. Whatever group he's going with, they, they uh, plan to go to Medina for a week first. Then after that, they will go to Mecca to make Umrah and Hajj. These people, they don't have to engage in the state of Ihram. Even they go where? Even the plane is going to land in Jeddah. What does it mean if the, if the plane is going to land in Jeddah? What does it mean? They already passed one of the Miqats. Which one? What is it called? Al-Juhfa. But these people, they're not going to make Umrah directly. They're going to go to Medina first. So these people, they don't have to put Ihram. They stay the way they are. They go to Medina. They spend three days, one week, ten days, whatever. They spend the last day when they tell them, look, guys, tomorrow morning after Fajr, the bus is going to be here to take us to Mecca for Umrah and Hajj. Then they have to prepare that night to take a shower and the like to do the things that you do we're going to mention. Okay? Here's another point. Sometimes a person, a group, especially for Hajj, because Hajj is, uh, okay, you, you, got, you, you should expect anything in Hajj. Here is a group, <clears throat> they told them, the people that they're going with, they told them, look, we're going to Mecca first. And then go to Medina, maybe after Hajj. Once we finish Hajj, then we're going to take you to Medina to visit the Prophet's Masjid, inshallah, okay? And Masjid Quba and the like. So these people, they put on the clothing, on the haram, 100 people in a group, all right? For example, all right? When the plane hit the, the Miqat, was right by the Miqat, they told him, okay, now at the Miqat, they start making talbiyah, labbaik, Allahumma labbaik, labbaik, ala sharika laka labbaik, inna alhamda, wa ni'mata laka wal mulk, la sharika lak, alhamdulillah, the play landed in Jeddah, they still making talbiyah, because from there, they're going to get, once they do the paperwork, because there is paperwork involved, 
and it takes a couple hours by the way to, to get cleared, okay? Once the paperwork is done, now they put them in a bus and take them to Mecca, right? Now they told them, look, this group is not going to Mecca, you have to go to Medina. <laughs> See, it happened. That's why the Mashaikh, they mentioned these points. They tell them now, wait a minute, you guys don't supposed to go to Mecca. Something happened, I don't know. Allah A'lam, you can't go to Mecca because you have nowhere to stay in Mecca. Your hotel now at this, at this present time, supposed to be in Medina. So what these people do? They come out of their ihram and then the Shaykh says, no. Those people, they stay on their ihram. Because whoever enters in a, in a nusuk should stay on it and complete it. And they have to stay in Medina as long as they stay 10 days, they stay in their ihram. It's a little hard, but Allah Akbar. Until they go back to Mecca and make the Umrah and came out of the ihram. Okay? Tayyib. Now the Shaykh mentioned the other scenario, totally the opposite. These people, the, their group told them, look, we're going to Medina, so you don't need no ihram, nothing, okay? Of course, we're going to land in Jeddah, we're not, we're not having a uh, a flight, direct flight from, Jed, from JFK, for example, to, to Medina. But we're going to land in Jeddah. And then from Jeddah, we're taking another plane or we're taking another bus to Medina. Right? These people, so they don't have no clothing of ihram. They didn't say, La when, the, when the captain of the plane, the same plane, they came to Jeddah, when he says, anyone from the Hijaz who are going to make Hajj or Umrah in Mecca, Please, now it's time to, to engage in the state. So many people, they say, لَبَّيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ عُمْرًا Because that's what you do if you make Hajj Tamattu, you just say, لَبَّيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ عُمْرًا Because you're going to start Umrah first. But there is other people, yes, they're going for Hajj. They're not going for other people, but they like, they didn't, now we can do that. The people, they start asking, it's us? No, no, no. But we're making Hajj. Yes, we're making Hajj. But why them? Look them. They, they, why, what's going on? People, they start panic, those who don't know. So the group, that's why whoever is, a, is a responsible for the group has to make himself available to explain to the people. So he'll tell them, no, remember we gonna go to Medina first. And when we finish that week in Medina, then we get into Ihram in Medina, okay? But these people, they get to Jeddah, they told them, no, you guys, something in the paperwork. You guys are supposed to go to Mecca now. So what they do? The Shaykh says they engage in a state of ihram right there in Jeddah. Alright? Right there. Okay? In Jeddah. And nothing is against them. As for this is for the places, okay? Of Miqat. Then there is a time. You cannot... As for Umrah, you can make Umrah any time. You want of the year. Okay? All of the years and the month, all of the months of the year, you can make Umrah. You can make Umrah any time you want. Okay? But the Hajj, no. The Hajj, he has well-known months. Shawwal Dul-Qidah and Dul-Hijjah. Some people of knowledge, they says only the 10th. Some, they says until the end of Dul-Hijjah. These are the months you have to make. Now if somebody says, look, Ikhwan, I'm going tomorrow to make Hajj, yes, you can. But if somebody in Ramadan says, I'm going to make Hajj now, 
Because the ulama, they says Ramadan is not considered from the months that you will go with the intention to perform Hajj. Okay? And when they say somebody can go tomorrow and make Hajj, doesn't mean he go tomorrow and make Tawaf, Umrah, go Arafat next day, and Jamarat and come back in six days and say made Hajj. No. Meaning he can go with the intention and make Umrah and stay there until the 8th of the Hijjah and do the Hajj. That's what he means. Okay? But the ulama, they says, if a person go before Shawwal and make the Umrah, does not count as for Hajj, you know? Okay? Barakallah. And the Sheikh mentioned, because like I told you, we have less than two weeks now to finish this. And, uh, and the Sheikh is Allah and he brings a lot of information for those who want to read. This is a very good book. Anybody who knows Arabic and understand Arabic, can read and understand Arabic fluently, and wish to make Hajj, or you know anybody else in your family, friends, whatever, recommend this book. This is a very good book, for real. And also with Allah with the other books, Sheikh Bin Baz book, Sheikh Bin Baz Albani and others. Alhamdulillah. Allah Is he translating English? I don't know. Sheikh Bin Baz book is translated to English. This one I don't know. This is a, like a new book. This is like been out for maybe like six years now or something. Five, six years. I don't know if they translate. If somebody translates, it will be, it will be very nice. Now, Mahdurat al-Ihram. Another chapter in this book. Mahdurat al-Ihram. What is the certain thing that when a person does... Uh, what are the things that when a person uh, says Labbaik Allahumma Umrah for example Labbaik Allahumma Hajj engage in the state of Ihram by that at that moment certain things become haram for the person they're not haram before we're not talking about pork and wine here okay because pork and wine they're haram any, any time any place but there are certain things that the Muslim can do it was permissible for the Muslim to do but at that moment when that Muslim, he or she, they say, لَبَّيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ عُمْرًا At the Miqat, a lot of things, certain things that we're going to mention, become haram for them. What are they? First of all, the Shaykh says, we mentioned before in the pillars of Hajj and Umrah, that Ihram, which is not the clothing, because a lot of people, they say, why well, have to repeat this one? Because a lot of people, when they hear Ihram, they think about the clothing of Ihram. Now the ihram is the intention to engage in the ihram to perform the act of worship which is umrah or hajj or both. Why is it called ihram? We have from the haram. That's what is called ihram. The niyyah of ihram. Why? Because at that moment when a person says, Labbaik Allahumma umrah, there are certain things that usually was permissible for you, they become haram for you. Not forever, but until you finish what you make that intention for. Until you finish Hajj, or until you finish Umrah, or until you finish certain things that we're going to learn later on, inshallah. And this is the example, the Shaykh says, like Takbirat al-Ihram. I'll give you an example. Takbirat al-Ihram where? 
in salat. Can we talk to each other or not as Muslims? Now. We can. Two brothers are coming to the masjid, they talk in Hayyaka like Hayyaka Akhi. This hadith, subhanAllah, I read in Kitab al-Tawheed, and this shaykh said this. They come, they come in and talking. Then they hear the iqama, and both of them stand next to each others, and they, the imam say, Allahu Akbar. Both of them say, Allahu Akbar. Then one remember, yeah, the hadith is in Bukhari. I think it's in Bukhari, yeah. yeah. Allahu Akbar, they went to Rukur. Then in Rukur, the other one say, I, I looked Bukhari, he's not there. <laughs> then they say, Sami Allah and Hamidah said to him, Are you sure? <laughs> nah. I'm giving this example so for us to. Can people do this? No. Why can't they do that? Why? Because that takbirat al ihram. They call it takbirat al ihram. Why? Because it makes certain things haram for you at that moment. You have in your drink a war, a hot day, and you're drinking. They call the iqama. Can you drink or not? They call the iqama. You stop drinking, you drink. You can still drink. The Imam say Allahu Akbar, and you say Allahu Akbar. You finish it if it's a little bit, right? No, that's it. You don't drink anything until you finish the salah. So the Sheikh he gave that example. So what are the things that it's permissible for you, but once you say "Labbaik Allahumma Umrah," "Labbaik Allahumma Hajj," at that moment you cannot do. Okay, Sheikh he mentioned there are nine, nine of them. Akhdu shahar, taking from your hair. Okay. تقليم العذافر وليكم كارين يور نيلز والطيب برفيوم تغطية الذكر رأسه the male covering their heads لبسه المخيط wearing the regular clothings قتل صيد البر catching the game like rabbits and this and gazelles and the like وعقد النكاح getting married والجماع intercourse والمباشرة also doing things that are before the the, the intercourse these are nine things الأول أخذ الشعر the first of these things that become haram is to take off the hair whether from your head or from your mustache for the man, okay? And or from the ana, the pubic hair, or the ibt, the armpits, under your armpit. Usually you get a haircut, right? No problem. You trim your mustache, right? You take care of your pubic hair, this. If you say, that's it. Can't do that. Okay, you can't. Of course, the Sheikh brings the Adilla and this, but inshallah, like I told you, I'm going to try to finish it, inshallah. Somebody wants the details. I try my best, but Allah understands. The Sheikh says an example of this also includes on this rule all the hair in, in your body. You cannot take anything from your chest, from your thighs, from anything. Can't. 
once you engage in the state of ihram. As for uh, the lihya, the beard, the sheikh says shaving it or taking anything from it is haram in any given day. In any given day. Shaving the beard for men, of course, for three minutes, it's haram. Okay? It's not macro like certain people think. It's haram. It's not permissible. And the Shaykh mentioned many adilla and ahadith pertaining to the Prophet He says, leave your beard grow, trim down your cut down and trim your mustache. Oppose the Jews and the Christians. Or the, oppose the Mushrikeen actually, sorry. Not the Jews and Christians, the Mushrikeen, the polytheists. And oppose the Majus, those who are the the fire worshipper. Now you find some Muslims, they shave their beards and grow big mustache. Look like those who worship fire. They should trim their mustache and let their beard grow. And the Sheikh bin, Sheikh bin Baz, he says in his book, he says, SubhanAllah, this is a great calamity that befalling Lara male in these days. They follow on the example of the kuffar, the disbelievers, and women, actually. They imitate women, you know. Especially some of them, he says, they, they, they give lectures and talks, and, and people consider them from the ulama, and they shave their beards, and they trim them down, and the like. This is what the, 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 the prophets and the messengers... They had lihad, they have beards. From them Harun, because Musa, when he came and, and find his people, they did what they did, as Allah tells in the Quran. And uh, Harun said to his brother Musa, don't hold me by my beard. You know, so they, they had beards. And uh, I'm just mentioning this point, it's not because I'm authenticating it or I'm approving what I'm about to say. Uh, we disapprove what, what the Christians do. But just to establish the argument against them, you know, not that uh, to understand from my statement that what I'm, we approve what they do, okay? Look at their pictures about Jesus, which we disapprove of. We don't approve those pictures. But how would Jesus look like? As a beard. As a beard, and what? A thaw. <laughs> And the, his entourage, the people around him, how do you look like? Beard, turbans, so, and they want to make fun of me and you. And I and I said it to a group of, was 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 some some kids. I was in Pennsylvania years ago, maybe we were over 17, 18 years ago. As I'm walking in the street, a group of uh, Caucasian uh, young teenagers, they laughing. They were like, one of them almost fall on the ground laughing at me. I'm not going to tell you, I, I'm not going to deny, I got very mad. <laughs> I got very mad. I was like, you're laughing at me, fool. I got very mad, but then I'm like, wait a minute. So then I'm like, you're laughing at me, right? Then they're like, um, they don't want to like admit it. I said, hold on, hold on. I'm not even going to make this long. So you're laughing at me because of my beard and what I'm wearing, right? 
Then one of them says, yeah, man, it's America, man, you dress like a woman. Come on, what is this? I said, so you're making fun of me because of this? Because the way I look, the beard, and this dress coat? They said, yes. I said, are you a Christian? They said, oh, of course, we're Christian. Jesus does this. I said, oh. So when's the last time you were at your grandmother's house? They were like, what? I said, have you looked at Jesus in a picture lately? They're like, what do you mean? What's the point? I said, does he look like you look like me in the picture? One of them said, man, he's right. <laughs> I said, see, so you guys doing things. Then they said, oh, we're sorry. And I've never seen them since. I don't know what happened to them. That's true. Another time I was with my Muhammad, I mean, he was a little kid. He was maybe like two years or one year or something. And Amir, I'm taking him to the park to play. And there was this lady with a little girl. They playing. And all of a sudden, I, I feel somebody pulling my toe. You know how the little kids, they may stand by you and you don't even know they're there. I'm like, like somebody pulling me. I'm like, I saw this little girl, she said, Are you Jesus? <laughs> Fitra. Fitra. I said, No, I'm not. But I love him. Look, little kids. That's why you understand the hadith. The Prophet says, Every newborn is born upon the fitra, which the ulama says is Islam. But their parents make of them a Jew or a Christian or a fire worshiper. The little girl. They are born upon the fitrah of Islam. Don't you see our little kids? If you say, if you start calling the Adan, what do they do? They don't even, don't even speak. Nine months. If you start calling the Adan, you don't know what they're saying, but they're imitating you. If a mother sneezes, say Alhamdulillah, they, they say Alhamdulillah. They don't know why, but that's what they learn. But if a Muslim parent's singing, Cursing, but the kids they sing too, and they curse too. And sometimes those, those parents they bring those little babies with them to the masjid, and all of a sudden those babies start singing. And then the, the father, where you learn this? Must be the daycare. Yeah, right. Now they ex- you expose yourself because the children they just they just copy what they see in the house. Hey now, gotta pay attention. <coughs> So once you're engaged in the state of ihram, you don't uh, take anything from your hair, okay? The second one is what? Who says that? Huh? You did? <laughs> Let's see if you're right. You're right, by the way. Send. I love you. Clipping nails. So if someone is about to, when you prepare yourself for the ihram, that's what you do. You take from your nails. But what does it mean? It doesn't mean that you have to take from your nails. If, if they are long, you clip them. But if they are not long, what you do? Leave them alone. This doesn't mean you have to. No. You look at them. If they need to be clipped, you clip them. Your toenails and your fingernails. If they are short, don't hurt yourself. You don't have to. Likewise, you have a long hair, you want to take from it, you can. 
mustache is long, you want to trim it down, you can. If it's already down, don't touch it. Okay? The likewise of the adafir. Atharit, atayb. The third one is what? Sajid? Bilal? Perfumes. Scents. All, anything that have smell. Okay? So once you say, because this is supposed to do it after, once you, before, once you take a shower, and before you put your ihram on for the men, not for the women, the women, that's not permissible for them to put perfume and leave the house. But for the men, yes, you can put some perfume on, the Prophet used to put it in his beard and in his, on his head. You can put some misk, huh? Try to put something nice, because now you're going to be in a bus with certain people, you want to put something that you like, but it may be offensive to so many others. Hold on that, inshallah, okay? If you think that the smell that you like, uh, people are different. But it may be too strong for a lot of people have allergies. What do you do? I don't care. No, you should care. This is hajj. Care about your brothers, older people. Then have a backup. Take with you another smell that is not very strong so you don't bother other people, inshallah ta'ala. But once you say labbaik Allahumma umrah, labbaik Allahumma hajj, at that moment you don't put no perfume on until you finish. Until you come out of the state of haram, then you can go back to these things. Number four, ya khwan? Huh? Covering the head. Naam. So, no, no kufi, no hat, no ghutra. No shamar, none of them. Okay? No do rag. Alright? None of them. So do you don't? Once you say that Allahumma Umrah, for example, that's it. Your head has to be what? Uncovered. That's it. Exposed or uncovered. Same thing, right? That's it. You don't put anything on. It's okay to have an umbrella for rain or for, or for sun, for heat. It's okay, but don't put it on your head. It's okay to cover yourself with a blanket if it's cold, but don't cover your head. Okay? Inshallah ta'ala. Al-Khamis. What is Al-Khamis? The fifth? Lubsu. Huh? No, no, no. Say what you said because I always want somebody to say that. No, stitch clothing. Stitch clothing. And that's a mistake. Some people, that's what they think because they say, Lubsul Makhir. When you get that in the book, translated? No, See? I just. You just make, translate it for yourself. No, you need a good translation though. No, other, no, other times I heard it. Are oh, you heard from somebody? Yeah. That's a big misconception. Why? Because in the Arabic it's called Lubsul Makhir. And this word makhit, that's what make, brings a lot of confusion to a lot of people. Because makhit is like from khayr. What is khayr? Thread. The thread that they use to sew. Okay? Some people, they think, look, you cannot wear anything that has what? That has a thread in it that was sewn. Including those piece of Yahran, they're like, look, got threads in it. I can't wear that. What do you want to wear? A piece of plastic? <laughs> now the ulama, they explain. They says, makhid doesn't mean that somebody that was 
sewn or has. No, no, no. Makhit is what fits you. That's what I mean. Um, Hassan, okay? The makhit is what fits your body. Like what? A t-shirt. Meaning you don't wear a t-shirt. You put this arm, the right arm, the left arm. Okay, you put it around. No. Something else that you have to put on. What? Underwears. Boxers. Shorts. Shorts. Pants. Jackets, sacks, hoodies, and the like. These are something that you cannot wear. The ulama they says, look, is this is machet or not? This this thaw. Machet? Yes. They says if somebody doesn't find those two pieces for the men, it's only for the men, the women they wear that, like their ibayas and everything. But if a man cannot find those two pieces of cloth, usually white preferably, but they don't have to be white. <coughs> like for those people, for example, like we say, they were going to Medina, but at Jeddah they told them what? You have to go to Mecca. Ihram. Now, alhamdulillah, they have stores over there that they say ihram. Let's say people, they couldn't find nothing. What do they do, these people? The same thobe he's wearing, he can get it out and wrap it, uh, uh, wrap it around him. Still, it is stitched, sewn, thobe, as long as he doesn't want, wear it. Now. So nothing, the, the muhrim for men, but the women, they're... they're uh, Regular clothings are their clothes of ihram. But for men, they don't wear no pants, no thobes, no t-shirts, no kufis, no socks, no, 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 anything that usually, no turbans, uh, no hutras and kufis and the like, okay? No hoofs too, you see the hoof that the people wear, the leather socks, don't wear those. Except in this hadith, if somebody couldn't find uh, 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 sandals, he has nothing but khuf, they say that that person can wear that khuf, but he has to cut them to go under his ankles. Okay? It's permissible, however, now for the muhrim to, to especially for this for men, especially for the, the bottom piece, because uh, it's permissible to have a belt around it. So make sure that it stays there, don't fall off. Because if you fall, that's it. That's all you have. All right? So now it's permissible for a person to make the alhamdulillah. People, alhamdulillah, they, they've been doing fine. They do fine, so they learn, alhamdulillah. As for the woman, Yahwan, also it said the muhrim can wear a, 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 what do you call it, a ring, sunglasses, eyeglasses, watch, it's okay. Okay? Now Likewise, it says if somebody, for example, his, his, his knee has bad knees, put a bandage on it or, or a bandage or something, it's okay, they say. 
for need. If it is a need for it, that's okay, inshallah, because that's not considered clothing. Okay? They don't wear those things. Those things they wear them only when they need, okay? As for the woman, her clothing of the haram are the same. Same thing she wears. That is permissible for her. Not the same way, like tight jeans, like with some people they wear tight jeans. No, those clothing that are permissible for her in the legislation. She wear the same thing. But they do not put a niqab on and they don't wear the gloves. Amen. What was that number one? Five. Number six. Of course. That's what I'm mentioning. Number six. And of course the Shaykh mentioned a lot of benefits and advice for the women about the hijab and the Alhamdulillah. Now the Shaykh says these five mahdurat. Uh, this is very important. I don't want to forget this. These five things that we just mentioned. If anyone fall in any of them out of forgetfulness or not knowing the ruling, there is nothing against that person. Let's say a person forget and put a kufi on in the state of Ihram. If he remember himself, he take it off. If somebody see him, he take this off. Oh. Nothing against that person. Okay? Because it's permissible for you while you're in a state of ihram to take a shower. Okay? It's a hot day, it's sweaty, you're still in ihram, you take a shower. Some people, they're in a hotel, he, he took a shower, and by habit, and he put underwear on, and pants, and t-shirt coming out. So you with him in a room, he says, Akhi, MashaAllah, we're still in ihram, we didn't make umrah yet. He's like, oh, subhanAllah, forget he's a habit. So what he has to do, he has to go back to the bathroom and get off those clothes, take them off immediately and put the clothes of the haram, okay? So these people, they have to do that immediately, okay? And they are not sinners or nothing or nothing about them. But if anyone do it on purpose, they know what they're doing and they do it, then... The Sheikh says they are sinful and they have to expiate for that. But if, it's, but if a person, he knows he's not supposed to do it, but he did it because there is a need. Somebody who's very, very sick, cold, some, and his head is, he can put something around his head, that person, because very cold, fever, alright, can put something, but they have to expiate, the Sheikh says to kill an animal to slaughter a sheep or something that for the people of Mecca, the poor of Mecca. I said this, what is the sixth one? Hunting games. Saidul Barr. And there is an ayat in Surah Al-Ma'idah, Barakallahu Fikum. Now, so you don't do that inside the Haram and you don't help other people to do that. Okay? And whoever fall into that, there is an expiation for that. This is outside the haram, but in the perimeter of the sanctuary place in the haram, it's not permissible to, to, to hand any game, whether you're in the state of your haram or not. Okay? 
Likewise, it's not permissible to to chase them. It's not permissible to cut down trees and the like. And you do not pick up in the haram. You do not pick up anything that is lost. You see like a thousand dollars and a bismillah, the mine. No. It's haram in the haram. Or a nice watch. Ah, Allah, Allah. No. You leave it where it is. Except for one reason. Shaykh says, if you think that maybe somebody who don't know whatever the case is, they may take it. Now he says, you can pick it up and give it to the authority. If you see bag or nice watch, whatever, you can pick it up and give it to the authority. Tell them, look, I find this. So then because those who misplace anything, they will go. There is some places they call them al-amanas. Huh? So if you made hajj and, for, and lost your iPad, you lost uh, what else? A phone, your iPhone, you lost what? Wallet. Money, wallet. Huh? <coughs> lost what? All right, you can go to that place. You can go first to the place you were in that you thought you may still find it there. Because those who know, they're not going to touch it. Or if you go there and don't find it, don't rush into a house. Thieves in the haram. No, don't, no, no bad suspicions you're in hajj. Maybe somebody is doing you a favor, he took it. So you go to this place called Amanat. They call them in English what? Lost and, lost and found. So you go to one of them, they are like a couple of them. You go to one of them and say, Salaam alaikum, Salaam alaikum, listen, I lost the iPhone. They will say, uh, what, what color? Blue, whatever. Is your name in here? Yes, what is your name? So, so, so. They go to the thing, they find your name, they say, Tafaddal, MashaAllah. He says, look, I lost my wallet and it's $3,000. All we have, man, it's in there, you know? They're like, okay, well, what's your wallet? It's a leather, it's brown. Oh, yeah? What's in it? There is a card like this. Oh, this is my license, actually. It's me. It does look like me. It's like years ago, a couple years, but, but still my name in there. They, they find the description, they're like, MashaAllah, here's your money, all the money. Of course, if the one who finds it, keep the money. Yeah. This number seven deals with marriage. Whether it be the person, the, 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 the husband, or the wali. Likewise, the khitbah, the proposal. So somebody in the state of Ihram doesn't get married, doesn't propose, the wali doesn't marry anybody, okay? And the eight and nine is the jima' wal mubashara. Now, we do this after the adhan, inshallah. Now, number eight and nine, from the things that become haram, uh, for the person who's in the state of Ihram, al jima' wal mubashara, intercourse, and all of these introductions that leads to it. The kissing and all these things, okay? This is not permissible. Masturbation in, is included in this too. And the Sheikh says, including this, all vile and foul language, all low base language, you don't see that while you're making, when you say to be a haram. Muslims should stay away from this anyway, anytime. Arguing, 
people they will argue. Are you intentionally argue? Argue over anything. Silly things. Why? Because they don't remember Allah. If they remember Allah, they don't worry about where the bus comes or where the bus is not is not there until they tell them, Akhi, you're with us in group, right? What group? So oh yeah. Fatal bus is remembering Allah, reading the Quran, reviewing the chapters of Hajj. Some people they're not on this way. Where's the bus? Is that our bus? They want to take over other people's buses. They go and take over other people. Oh no. Rooms. Yes, Some people argue with everybody. Some people get over there and they tell them, okay, this is the room, Yahwan, this is the hotel. They forget what the man is telling them, the one in charge. They forget. This is the haram right here. Here's the hotel. Allahu Akbar. MashaAllah. People get mad. All four of us in this little room start arguing. Akhi, this man didn't tell you sign a contract for one year, brother. You're going to wait for three days. Three days. And if somebody really is serious about this trip, Wallahi, certain people, you don't even see them in the room. They come only in the room to do what? To take a shower and maybe they, they lay down for a minute or two. Maybe an hour or two, okay? And you don't see them. Where they are? Haram. Reading Quran, learning, praying. They don't even come in the hotel. You don't even see them. Some people you go there and after one week and you see them in Mina. And you're like, Akhi, you're with us? Oh yeah, yeah. You came with us, you just got here. No, I came with you. Are you serious? I didn't see you. Oh, good for him. Some people they're going to sit there and look at everybody. We, oh yeah. No. These people, Akhi, as soon as they tell them, this is your room, so that's mine. Oh, these are your brothers. Exactly. I don't know, MashaAllah. You don't see him. Some of the people, you don't even see him. Where? He's in Mecca. In Mecca, he's in the Haram making tawaf, praying. There is a shower over there, food is... Some people don't even go back to the hotel. Especially these big hotels these days. There's a lot of fitness in those hotels. Big time. They have flat screen TVs with a lot of channels in there too in those hotels. And some people, they go there and sit there. When the, the Asr is cold, but they're still watching sports. CNN in there. ESPN, they have those big satellite things too. And people sit there. And the fitna in mixing men and women in the elevators, in the hallways, and it's big. Yeah. Then you're going for Hajj, you think you're going to see the Sahaba over there. You're going to act like the Sahaba, you're not going to see them. You want to act like them. And stay away from any place of fitna. Naam. You're going there for two weeks or three weeks, take advantage of it. Spend more time in the haram, praying, reading Quran, making dua, and the like. People sit right there and argue about who's going to use the bathroom first. Go to the haram, there are like thousands of them. The Sheikh says, <coughs> But he says, however, you don't argue, but sometimes you may have to argue to prove the haq. If you see somebody coming and try to, 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 to sell some falsehood to some of your brothers, you tell them, no, it's not like that. If he yell at you, you don't yell, but now you're debating with him, arguing with him for the haq, not for other reasons. Yes, you may, you may have to do that. 
to present the proof, okay? And the haq. And that's, that's, that's praiseworthy, they say. Now, what if somebody have intercourse with his wife hmm, in ihram? What they should do? A man came to that a man came to Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-Has that this man was a muhrim in the state of ihram and have intercourse with his wife. So he went to a companion. This is after the death of the Prophet so Abdullah ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, he went to Abdullah ibn Umar, he says, go to that man right there. That man didn't know Abdullah ibn Umar. So Shu'ayb, Amr ibn Shu'ayb, who is narrating this, he says, I went with him. Because Abdullah ibn Umar, he says, go to that man over there and ask him. So he said, when, when we, he went there, he didn't know him, and he asked him. He said to him, listen, this is what happened. He says, you have no hajj, man. This hajj is void for you. The man said, well, what should I do now? He says, continue. Do whatever the people do. If they go to Arafat, go with them. Go to Muzdalifah, do whatever they do. Okay? But the next, if you're still alive next year, you got to do the hajj again. So he went back to Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As and said to him, I asked him. No, he said to him, he asked him. Then Abdullah ibn Amr, he said to him, you see the other man over there? Go to him, Abdullah ibn Abbas. See what he's going to tell you. So he went and told him the same thing that Abdullah ibn Umar told him. So Amr ibn Shu'ib, who's narrating this, he says, I went back to him, to Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, and he informed him what ibn Abbas says, but the, the man says, okay, after you send me to these two, to, to do two men, what you said? He says, I'm with them. I say what they said. Lord. So it's very important. If somebody takes his wife with him, he has to be, you know, remember these things, okay? This doesn't mean like some ignorant man said to her, look, as soon as the ihram said, you don't know me, I don't know you, sister. After we finish, he says, don't talk to me, don't come. No. Now you talk to her, you go with her and all of this, but just be careful. Now, inshallah ta'ala, uh, tomorrow we, we continue and we're going to begin to read Sifat al-Umrah wal-Hajj ijmalan wa tafsila. Sheikh is going to give the description of Hajj al-Umrah, how you perform Umrah al-Hajj in general and in, in detail. That's what we're going to start tomorrow. Hada wa sallallahu wa sallam ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa taslima